millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Attic Wives and Lit Witches, and welcome to Fuckboys of Literature. I'm Emily Edwards. Since I found a lot of y'all are still subscribed to our free platforms, I wanted to give you a little taste of our Twilight episode. In this excerpt, Strats and I discuss the inherent grossness of vampire stories with an adult and a youth, comparing Twilight to both Buffy and Pride and Prejudice, and how we feel about flawed female teens. If you end up loving this, I ask you to please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash fuckboysoflit. Just a dollar a month gets you this whole hour-long episode, back episodes going to May, and all new episodes going forward. Um, I don't think she put it, when she was writing it, in the perspective that all the haters do of it being an adult leching on a kid like i see how people can read it that way but she didn't write it that way no and you run into that problem with any vampire story like and i think that it had to do with just the backlash that's already there because you don't hear this complaint about like buffy the vampire slayer Mm -hmm. where the same thing is happening where she's 16 17 years old and and her boyfriend didn't even die as a teenager. He died in his 20s. So Yeah, that's true. Like, he's he's too old for her, like, <laughs> as he regularly is. David Boreanaz was, like, 26. Like, mm-hmm. he looks so much older than her. He does. Oh, it's creepy. Oh, it's so but creepy. I think a lot of it had to do with Buffy. Buffy was aimed at women, but it was aimed at, like, everyone. Mm-hmm. Buffy was kind of made for everyone to like. Whereas Twilight, it already had that bit of awkwardness to it, because I'm not going to pretend these books don't have some problems. But also, it was a hit among 13 to 16-year-old girls, and the world just really hates 13 to 16-year-old girls. I fully agree. And, like, a lot of also, comparing it to Buffy, too, is that, like, Buffy was also, it was aimed at everybody, but it was also specifically aimed at, like, the alt-cool kids. Like, you were supposed to be, like, hot topic fan, like, black eyeliner. Like, I was totally in the proper demographic for loving Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was, like, ripped fishnets, black eyeliner, like, studded belts. I was, you know, that was, like, the cool, cool thing. And if you you were like that, if that was your signature style, then you were probably going to like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But, like, that is not in Twilight at all. It is not aimed at kids who are subversive, really, in any way. Twilight was made to be so that any teenage girl could pick it up and see herself in Bella. And that gets a lot of flack, but I think honestly, that's a good thing. We need that sometimes to be able to just pick up a book and see ourselves. Yeah, I feel like there's a really interesting happen thing that happens with female protagonists in literature. And it's one of the reasons why like 
I can never really articulate why I don't love Elizabeth Bennett when it comes to Pride and Prejudice. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, because there is such a lack of female representation and strong female representation in literature, we like to always think that we're um, kind of connected to the female characters that have no flaws. Like they're always smart alecky. They always know what's right. They always know the best thing to do. And Bella's a dunce most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like she's really not very bright. She's not street smart. She's not emotionally intelligent. And I think that there's not a lot of give for maybe those of us who don't always see ourselves in the person who's the hero and mm -hmm. is like kind of bumbling and doesn't know what to do. Yeah, Bella is kind of her own little disaster. She's disastrously clumsy. She's like you said, she's not street smart. She doesn't look out for her own safety. Uh, she's, she's more like somebody you would know somebody you would be. Yeah, yeah. And like, I wasn't popular ever. I was not cool. I never would have gotten it. I never got attention from boys until I went to college. So like, I could imagine being Bella who comes from this, you know, this place where she's kind of had a forgotten childhood, like her mom was always running off with boyfriends and stuff like that. And like, you don't know how to act when the cute guy suddenly decides he wants you like that's a really uncomfortable situation. Yeah, and she she never quite does believe it. She she's always kind of hesitant at the idea that Edward might like her as much as she likes him. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's a pretty much a running theme throughout the entire series. Yes, and it's very relatable. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it still sometimes happens to those of us who are in long-term relationships and married. Like if we never got attention from the opposite or like our desired romantic partners, like throughout our lives, like still sometimes you kind of go like, why are, did you even freaking marry me? Like what appeal do I have? And it is kind of just like something that happens from growing up in a, in a less than desirable situation. Yeah, I I am married, so I I understand exactly what you're saying. That yeah, it's so bizarre. Um, I feel like a lot of the people who give these books a hard time just have never been underconfident. Yeah, I I can see that because a lot of the complaints I see are about Bella as a character, and she her not being. She's kind of like a bump on a log to some people. That's mm -hmm. not how I see her, but that's a lot of people see her that way. And I see that perspective, but that's not how I perceive her. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't have a problem with her when I first read the books when I was like in my early 20s and I was in a really, really bad relationship. So I would like definitely understood that sort of like mousy desire to like hide yourself away and to not have people look at you. And then like, as I grew older, I started having a harder time with her. But like, now that I'm talking about it again, with a little bit more perspective, having read so many books for this show specifically, like I feel more compassion towards her as like a modern person than I did, like, you know, in my late 20s early 30s like super jaded years like Bella had a hard life it sucks mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and she she doesn't really know how to relate to anyone around her, and then in walks this guy, and for some reason he wants to relate to her, and she doesn't know what to do with that because she's distant from her mom, who she's been kind of parenting. She doesn't ever really mention having any friends back in Phoenix. She's mm-hmm. distant from all her new friends and she's really distant from her dad. So here comes someone who wants to connect with her and relate to her, not just because she's the shiny new toy. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Like, I, the hardest relationship in the series for me is actually Jacob and Bella. Because I don't quite understand how close they were versus how not close they were when it comes to her moving to Forks. I I never quite understood why Jacob feels ownership over Bella or like the need to protect her in a way that's not like directly linked to like vampire werewolf werewolf conflict. Yeah, I think he spends most of New Moon thinking if he's just patient enough um bella is going to fall for him and then it feels and she encourages that at several points and just when they are about to have that connection the rug gets pulled out from under him yeah he's definitely like the most believable teenager in the book because like he never fully acts on or articulates his feelings he he's trying he tries not to Put too much of himself out there and i do wonder how much of that is shyness and how much of that is um teenage boy and how much of that is not wanting to pressure bella because for all of new moon his whole life revolves around bella he doesn't listen to music anymore because bella doesn't like music uh he does whatever bella asks of him so i think he's afraid to put himself too out there but he does eventually, when she calls him out on it, make clear that he's waiting. Yeah. I think also something that's really underserved in people looking through at Twilight like through a critique lens is the fact that Jacob is um, native and he's on the res. And I feel like that something is, you know... A lot of people view his being native and being uh, a werewolf slash like animalistic as um, racism, which like totally you can read it that way. Um, and I think if that critique is coming from the mouths of native people, then I, I really want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But I think that also white readers are too quick to kind of say like, well, he's not really on the outs because Bella talks to him or he's not really an outsider because like Charlie is friends with his dad. But I'm just kind of like, no, there's there's a significant line in between the white people who live in Forks and the kids who live on the res. Yeah, and I I don't want to get too deep into it because I know that the the Quileute tribe was not happy with how they were portrayed right in those books but i do see where you're coming from because i feel like like he doesn't he says flat out he goes to school on the reservation he lives on the reservation he doesn't really leave the reservation yeah um and so he is an outsider he's which is i think good for bella because he's completely disconnected from everything she's trying to run away from yeah, I, I did know that about the Kulyut tribe is that they were just kind of like, cool, you stole like a lot of our, you know, imagery and 
and um you know like folklore and stuff like that and And then got it wrong and then got it wrong so like that's a huge huge issue but I think what she was and I don't want to apologize for that like don't fuck up when you do that like have someone who's going to make sure you get it right um she used it as too quick of a shortcut I think to make warring clans between like the uber white vampires and the not white yeah there's there's definitely something of like really old fashioned us versus them in it. It's not my favorite part of the series. Um, I do think she used it as just a quick shorthand. It was because you can, in your mind, she others the Native mm-hmm. Americans. Um, they're just completely different from all the other characters. And they're almost, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> she almost treats them like they're not just average people, which is what native Americans are. Yeah, no, it's true. Like she goes out of her way to talk about them being like angry and affronting and, and violent sometimes. And that's not my experience with anybody who is in a marginalized community of, of people. Yeah. She's definitely, she plays to the stereotypes and she plays to them way too much, which any playing to the stereotypes is too much, but she's basically, it's like she's pulled her idea of Native Americans from an old film and not from reality. I fully agree. I fully agree. Like these, these are books that are so much of a time and place of just these like early kind of like, uh 2010s kind of books where it's like you know writers had you know writers knew that they had to make books more diverse and 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 pull from different legends other than just like a white girl sad but like it's not done with finesse in a way that is like really jarring to those of us now yes and the the way the books handle race in general it's it's very it's very not good (laughs) um (laughs) like she has gone on the record because i've read even the twilight encyclopedia because i because i really love these books um but um she has even gone on the record as saying that when vampires are transformed they all become white so like like the most that might happen is if you were darker skinned in life, you will have an olive skin tone as a vampire. So like the way these books handle race is really, really terrible. And I do think that's some of the legitimate criticism, which I, but I think that when Twilight was getting all of its backlash, you weren't hearing those legitimate criticisms of the book. That's only come later now that we've all settled down and we can all look at the book and say oh hey let's talk about some of the actual problems with it and not just the things we didn't like and wanted to complain about yeah and you know what i do definitely think that a lot of the backlash against the books and and subsequently the movies was because of who they cast in the movies and i think that there is still a deeply unrealistic and unnatural pushback against Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. And I don't understand it. 